0: Hey, welcome everybody back to the Reflex Blue Show. I am your host, Donovan Beery. I have with me Alan Espiritu and Kevin Curnan. Curnan, yeah. All right. Kernan. Kevin, Alan, great yes. to have you. guys are GD Loft. Is that how you pronounce it?
1: Yes, yes. that's correct. All right. GD Any
0: anytime, anytime, you know, a business or a name starts with like three consonants, <laughs> never quite sure. Yes. yes you know? Yes, yes. GD, yes. Loft. yes. Yeah. <laughs> or GD Loft. Yeah. GD Loft. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure there's not yeah. the periods. And, and we're here at the How Design Conference 2018 in the bowels of the Heinz Convention Center in Boston. Yeah. It's a great conference, and you guys are speaking here, right? No, we we, we we received an, an award, award this morning. Oh, that's what it was. I knew yeah. you were like in the VIP area. Yeah. 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 What's the oh, award? Yeah,
2: a, we won uh, the Print Regional Design Award uh, for 2017, prize. the grand prize. So we won the region of the East, best of the East, and then we went on to win like the grand prize, beat out all the other regions. So that, so that thing where they said if you enter,
0: mm-hmm. you could win a trip to HAL. That's we're, real. We're, it's, it's real. We, we, won we, we really to won to the to trip. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure because you, know, you yeah, see yeah, that yeah. You, know, you could win this, you could win this, and 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 that stuff really does happen. Yeah, yes. it really
2: does happen. We, we had to find our own transportation. Well, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're here. Well, you're here. We're here. We're, We're here. here today. Oh, here. You yes. got the ticket. Okay, you got us. Yes. yes. And, right. and what, what? What was the piece?
2: The piece we did for Aij's Philadelphia's 35th anniversary, and uh, it's a
1: yeah, it's a series of, of three posters actually mm-hmm. that. Utilizes lines, like simple lines, to kind of represent the chapter history. Um, it's made out of 420 lines, That's, which equals the. Uh, we know the 420. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which good. kind it's of e- Which equals uh, one. Yeah, it was how many years? 35, 35 years. 35 years, so it's... Which broke down to 420 mm, months. Which was yeah, that's the 420. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> and then it kind of utilizes um, language, too. There's hidden things within the posters, Celebrate within the lines of it. And, and it uses Bowie lyrics, yeah. actually,
2: as well. From changes. And yeah. we also use the colors uh, where commemorative of 35 years was... Uh, the coral and the red and the black came about because we wanted to print on. Like, our printer came to us and was like, I can print white right on black paper on a digital press. And we were like, great, bring that HP uh, Indigo in and we'll work with that. So we were really trying to push the technology at the time when it came out.
1: Yeah, and those colors are rep- conceptually represents like colors that are related to 35th anver- wedding anniversaries or things like that. Yeah, so that's, these that's colors one of those colors were connected.
0: Like- I mean, I mean that's like the, the forgotten anniversary. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> people, I mean, twenty-five is a big 25, thing. Yeah, even thirty's kind of big. Yeah, and yeah. Then it, then it goes to forty, and people are like, "Oh, yeah, I guess there's there's ten years between them." Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's like coral and emerald. I think and emerald were were the rocks connected to thirty-five. Yeah. So we kind of use those colors in the original posters, and then Nina asked to replicate them like to use their kind of new paper yeah. um so we redid the posters and printed in them on
0: their yeah,
2: new it's uh, Nina colors their uh, cobalt blue and their imperial red yeah, yeah and, and i
0: also i'm also doing a little bit of blogging from the conference so uh-huh. check those out nina paperblog.com and i'm and, and you guys will be signing these tomorrow yes and so i'm sure i did a recap of your signing i'm sure i'm sure i remember to do that oh. tomorrow I, oh, appreciate so, it, yeah, so yeah we'll be there two to four tomorrow okay well so so you guys it's three posters and now now you guys spend all this time with the coral and wedding stones. But yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody sells coral paint. Yeah, I know. I know. So did Nina say, "Come on, like, like, pick something else"? Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, yeah, of course, uh, yeah. To, to translate the piece for when you get Nina involved, of course, there's uh, there's also some marketing strategy that has to be incorporated yeah. in the new design. So we just kind of adjust same design, adjusted the size a little bit, mm-hmm. but definitely use the the really. There were papers that were kind of connected to the color, at least in the lineage of. So those were the closest ones. But yeah. I really like the the paper color yeah. because it's, 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 very it's bold. pretty unique and bold. Like yeah. in the intensity of yeah, the paper color. Yeah, this is, a, this is a black, red,
0: blue. Yeah, like yeah. It's,
1: it's pretty intense. Yeah. Like, you don't see that very often. What was the distribution
0: of the original poster set like? Like that you guys did. So you know the the
2: the original one, how they distributed them was the night of the 35th anniversary party in Philadelphia. We were at WeWork and they had them all out on the tables for people to take. Our posters disappeared very quickly. We only have one set, and we're like waiting for the. We've done some reprints and they disappear too. So like they're always kind of coming and going. But yeah, it was just hand distributed and it was regional. I yeah. mean,
1: it, it wasn't on uh, a national. It didn't mail out, yeah. But it became the the. So the the show was. Um, uh, Philadelphia designers were selected to, to create uh, commemorative posters of the mm-hmm. 35th anniversary. So there was a bunch of uh, 35 designers from Philadelphia were asked to create like posters. So we were part of that yeah. show. But then the posters, all the posters actually became part of AIGA archives.
0: Yeah, the national like archives. Like
1: the national archives, yeah. archives now. The,
0: the, the, and I believe they keep one set in New York and they keep a set in Denver. In or, Denver, yes. yeah, yeah,
1: at the museum there. Yeah, cool. so that's kind of nice. One day we'll get I out mean, there and see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have another piece there. that yeah. I, I mean, that was part of AIGA winning, and you know, the AIGA yeah. award-like yeah. uh, competition. But I yeah. went out there, but I didn't know where to go. I, like, I know where no either. Yeah. Yeah. It, anytime
0: you hear a permanent collection of yeah. 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 It, yeah. Means, it, it means it's, means it's in a drawer or something. It's, it's Indiana Jones style. Yeah. I was thinking that, that the art. <laughs> They're like, L- we'll get a forklift. Yeah. Give us about four hours. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I had that same thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I saw. I is. saw on social media. My friend went out to like the uh, was it is it the uh, the Library of Congress and, and he oh, yeah. was and they keep copies of every book or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, he was he requested a, some friends' books and he brought them up and showed them like on Facebook. Like that's like, great. He found them here. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> he probably already had the copies. He just wanted to see them in the Library of Congress. <laughs> like they they. They will actually go find them for you. That's amazing. So uh, next that's time you're in funny. Denver, I guess you make them go find. People. Yeah, exactly. Idea.
1: Yeah, we have a couple of pieces. Uh,
0: I mean, that's just like after that summer and think of yeah, it. Yeah, And you'll be like, "Oh, this is all dog ears." Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Someone who's <laughs> eating the peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Staring at them, missing
1: pages.
2: This uh, you know, be so. Rolling papers. I don't yeah.
0: know. <laughs> so, so these have these are great. The, the, you've got the David Bowie quotes. The posters look amazing. Thank the lines. You. I, Thank I can you. see why. I can see why it won a regional. Why you know why you guys are here. What What was the connotation with David Bowie and the? Philadelphia.
1: Well, uh, well, Dave, and this
0: Bowie, would have been. This would have been. Was this before or after he? Had this is after passed. he unfortunately yeah. passed. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, D-
1: Bowie's just a studio favorite. First of all, yeah. when we're working, you yeah. know, he's a huge David Bowie uh, fan. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm a fan as well. So yeah. we 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 play Bowie in the studio yeah. a lot. But I mean. He did. I mean, he. Made he recorded in Philadelphia,
2: and he did some music videos at the Spectrum. I think he did Sound and Vision there. So, uh, that, well, I mean,
1: that's that's the
2: that's just that's our a Philly very connection, but <laughs> a simple Philly connection. <laughs> just, but I mean, I grew up on him, so yeah. it just Brought when it was talking about you know we did the song changes, so we were thinking it about talks about time over yeah the years of AIGA of how things have changed in Philadelphia through the organization we just thought it was appropriate to bring in and
1: and and language and pop lyrics and lyrics in general are definitely part of our kind of vocabulary like when we're making work there's always little hints to like I myself when I lecture and stuff every lecture is titled after a pop song Okay like all like I did one lecture at yes. University of Delaware that went through the tracks of Purple Rain mm-hmm. like so every point had something to connect yeah. to like each of the title tracks I think like you know pop lyrics or lyrics like that in general are just an easy connection with an audience right I mean it's one of the simplest like common denominator kind of connections I think
0: yeah, there's something about it I mean songwriting where when you when you read the lyrics with without the music, right? They're very short. Yeah, like a song can have you're like you're like there's like thirty <laughs> words here. So so some of those effective pop songs, they have to be very selective with their words. Yeah, so, but they so but the, but the, but I mean it's very selective. Like like you can say so much with like six words. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And so so I can see why why they work well. And they, it's the weirdest thing if you deconstruct um, pop lyrics first of all there's a formula to the language it's a a simplicity of language right but at the same time like when you take them out of context they sound so deep and philosophical (laughs) (laughs) like you can take i don't know madonna lyric and just it can sound like it's talking about i don't know like uh you know philosophy philosophy or something that that's i kind of like that kind of weird contrast between like you know britney spears line in context but taken out it's like oh my god that's life-changing when when you put it by itself yeah yeah it's crazy
0: we're gonna be, be, be right back with kevin and uh alan from gd loft so alan you you're, you're from you're, you, you. You guys are both active in the AIG of Philadelphia chapter. Correct. Alan, you were yes. you were uh, you were on the board. We're A previous years. president in, as yeah. well. Yeah. And and you're you're actually an AIG fellow. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And and, oh. I, and I hear that that you're like also teaching full time.
1: I am. Yeah.
0: I so how. Like, I teach one night class and it about yeah. destroys me, like, yeah. week one. I, you know, no, it's all good. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but, like, like I can't imagine running my shop and, and teaching full-time as well. How yeah. does... How does Oh, it doesn't. Is that like a design problem you had to solve? What made
1: you want to do it? It's one of the problems I haven't fully solved, but there is a way to kind of go around it. I mean, the one way is you build a team around you that's supportive. For for uh, the studio started in two thousand three, primarily by myself and and students that I would take on, and through the years we've taken on like a lot more clients, so I had to assemble, you know, take on a, a business partner, have some graphic designers on staff. But that balance between teaching and, and running a studio is definitely definitely tough. But you, again, you have to just have the support around you. Um, but before that, I was designing in between classes in the morning before classes would start, take client meetings like at lunchtime. It had to be time or I would leave the room during like while the kids were in work session and I would take a call, come back in. But it, it's, it's definitely a nonstop kind of roller coaster kind of thing. It's, it's definitely not easy. Definitely not easy. You know, but um, I've, I've found a way to make it work. And you just kind of have to work nonstop, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> Not much sleep. We try to lift some weight off him. Uh, yeah, well, the it's weekend, a lot of weight you know. taken off <laughs> yeah. now.
1: Definitely. I mean, to have a so. designer, to have a business partner. I mean, those things, he, he can take the call. He can talk to the clients mm-hmm. while I teach. And I'm, I'm gone from the studio two days a week. For the most. yeah,
2: it's not bad. Usually, our clients were pretty upfront with them about it, so they know sometimes Tuesdays and Thursdays are just off limits for meetings or calls with you know the both of us. But I'm happy to always jump on, and most of them are pretty responsive with me going out there. On a, I'll take the design one of our designers with us and go out on a Tuesday or Thursday and meet with the client. Uh, you know, it's always crucial that Alan's there, but like for new clients, we always like to be there at the same time just to get a, a good first impression yeah
1: it's it's like it's like having two lives parallel you have to you have to know when one stops and when the other begins it's like constant like
2: being in check like sometimes
0: but i assume yeah. they also feed into each other like, well, like oh, is, you know,
2: the negative is yeah. the
0: schedule but the positive is oh yeah. oh yeah
2: i mean alan stays fresh seeing like new perspectives from students and new technology that's coming up and we bring a lot of some of that thought into the studio. And, you know, yeah. originally it started as like a think tank and we're trying to preserve kind of like, how can we keep pushing the limits of design for ourselves and uh, our clients?
1: But yeah, I mean, I can't envision my world now without teaching. I mean, that teaching really does, like Kevin said, feeds into uh, my own process, or at least it makes me question my own process or and develop my own process. Uh, Uh, more it also yeah you get connected to the zeitgeist of what kids are like really what's going on like you can you can you know designers have a I think tendency to just kind of be insular a lot like we we can kind of be cave dwellers and just stay in in our comfortable place but with with students like they they really bring up interesting issues issues that you know are, are like things that I usually don't think about yeah, and and, and it just even helping them,
0: you see, like you can you solve problems you didn't know existed. Yeah, exactly. Right? And exactly. then you're like, oh, I might be able to like use my own advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I I, Again, took, yeah. I took a seven or eight year hiatus off of teaching. I got back in about a year ago, and, and I love it. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, I get it. Yeah, it's, a, it's I a just total... I just don't think I could do it full time in addition <laughs> yeah. to what I'm doing. So. so Godspeed to you. Oh, thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see how much longer. I can't wait till retirement, honestly. <laughs> and I don't have to deal with administration and, and other professors. I think that's
2: a hard part. But then we get them at the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The studio
1: becomes a safe haven, honestly. It becomes like that resting place for me when I'm in there. I'm focused. Uh, when you're at school, you're just constantly all around. But again, the conversations are the best part of school and bringing that into your own kind of ways of making and questioning your own ways of making, you know? Yeah. yeah. I like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and your network always grows. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That. I mean... Yeah, the network of everyone knows each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, nationally. Graphic design, like, you think it's a big... I mean, it's, it's vast, but it's weird. Educators like it's not it's not as big as you think uh, when you think about it like in terms of education like there's only a few places that have full programs and stuff and you get to know these people through conferences and just um through the writing or the the works of the students actually Mm -hmm. you know yeah 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 but the network grows through the students as well like today i just bumped into someone who also got an award at from IBM who I have a couple of students that work at IBM and she she knew her. Oh, so wow. she's like, Oh, I know her. She's my neighbor and I'm on a project. So that again, like that network group. Exchange yeah. cards and you're like, oh, there you go. I'm another new person.
0: Yeah, and, and so in addition to this, because you, you, you need more, more hobbies, you also <laughs> you say you're doing fine art. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, studio, the studio's doing fine art. We we yeah. do
2: experiments in the studio, and like we get asked to be part of exhibitions and shows. Like last year, Alan was asked invited to be part of "Person of the Crowd" for the Barnes Museum in Philadelphia. Uh, it was a pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, it show. was
1: it was a, definitely a highlight in my fine art career. It's weird because I've always kind of balanced between the two worlds of graphic design and fine art. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, like I've always been in the middle and some works that naturally come out are like, oh, this is not definitely not for a client or Mm -hmm. I find ways to adjust it for a client, but then keep the original intention to make, you know, self-initiated works. So, yeah, I've been showing it. I've been showing at galleries and museums a lot Mm -hmm. lately with the self-initiated stuff.
2: We were just in one recently that raised money for a local Philadelphia high school to get art supplies and so I did a letterpress piece. I do that in my spare time in the studio and then Alan uh did a, a piece where he actually uh builds up a thick base of yeah. paper with glue and then he starts tearing away almost like you see like those New York like posters on the side of like building where people just keep layering them up thick and you see them ripped or torn from the rain and he's doing that with his work right now so it's pretty interesting to see that process and
1: yeah i'm making these big rip pieces and it's funny because when you start ripping papers just like paint actually it's like if you layer it with color and stuff and you're like slowly ripping away it's like manipulating paint you know yeah it's like it was it's interesting it's, it's like
0: making a making your own scratchboard, but yeah 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 but do. different
1: yeah. yeah it's it's really kind of intense like it was more physical and intense than i thought it would be i've had this idea for like a while and i just came back from berlin where street culture and like um, poster culture is amazing there like and the thing was they don't take the past posters off the wall they just keep layering it till it's this and it becomes like sculptures coming off the wall which is it's like so thick like you can get a foot of like old posters oh and, geez. Yeah, yeah and it'll stay there and then they, they it's start to kind of yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> keep yeah. You warm. It's, it's beautiful <laughs> it's it, it's awesome so that was definitely one of you know that that got that idea kind of going so, yeah, the the ability to kind of be in different venues from, like, you know, in the graphic design world and the fine art world, I mean, they're totally different, two, they're two yeah. different total worlds. But have you been able to incorporate it back into it? Into
0: yeah,
2: it? yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, like, attracted some clients that were interested in what we were doing in the fine art world and have brought them into the design realm.
1: I think that's why we became pretty, pretty big in Philly, because we were mixing... Uh, fine art methodology with graphic design, like so. For example, uh, we, we created an exhibition catalog that was also a piece in the show. So the, the the thing was a traditional catalog, but the cover asks the viewer to make something from it. It was a paper architecture show. They, um, it, they we kiss cut these shapes on or Little corners, triangles, triangles yeah. on the corner, and. The, the actual audience were asked to make our piece in the show
0: oh wow yeah yeah so they our stuff's so terrible you can just make it yourself yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> in five minutes in the conference
1: <laughs> and we're that lazy we're asking you to make our work for us that is a
0: design solution I
1: can stand behind it
0: yeah, anyway. yeah I'll exactly. give you a few props for that yeah. I'd, I'd I'd put that as best you feel right yeah, there. Yeah, I it, it gives
2: it like an aura. So like people want to hold on to it a little bit longer. They have a personal connection. They just don't make it a disposable object that they want to throw away because now they've interacted with it. They've yeah, created something yeah. on the No, I, I love it. Thanks. Yeah,
1: thanks. And that, that's the kind of thinking that we definitely like to bring to uh to the work you know yeah. it's it's definitely a methodology that's um yeah. developed over yeah, the we,
2: years we think about how we can be sustainable like you know there's a traditional sustainability that everyone knows with recycled paper and green power and all but we're trying to think about how can we sustain these projects and give them a longer life or than, dual lives or dual lives yeah, sometimes yeah. where they have dual purposes and just keep them in people's hands longer than instead of a landfill
1: yeah yeah. yeah. So it's true. I mean, we're in a we're in a field where, you know, we just add to the trash of things. I mean and you can't help that, but could there be another way of thinking about sustainability other than soy inks, which no one can like I you know, I've never
2: yeah really
1: oh, ever afforded I it with our clients <laughs> yes. and and yeah, we use recycled paper of course, but you know, there are limitations because of budgets. So there's gotta be other ways to kind of think about it yeah and those and are
0: one. just those are just like patchwork yeah, yeah exactly a
1: lot of exactly. times yeah uh, you know and i mean unless you leave design all, all, all and not produce anything you know then then that's that's being sustainable i think but we, we, we try to do like our it. part we yeah. love design so i mean i'm not getting out of it anymore time soon so right. we're gonna be right back with kevin and Alan. <laughs>
0: So I'll ask you since since you know when we get a, a full time professor on the show or whatever. Oh, we always say like <laughs> we always ask you know, You got tips for the students? Yeah. But so so like we'll just ask like what what are the not only like what what are the the tips you you would give a young designer or a student that you think they would know just random maybe maybe the one but also like what are the questions they ask you the
2: most?
1: Yeah. Well, the you know, the tip that I always tell students is you never go for that first job because of money. You have to re- – like I've had students like get job offers for like a first job, $45,000. You got to think logically, they're going to give that to someone new, like in the field, 45,000, it must be a job no one wants, you know, like, or it's like, you know, like, so you got to think of as a designer, the only way you can get a job is your portfolio. So you got to realize that that first job shouldn't be about money, but it should be about, can this job develop my portfolio? Can it add to my portfolio so i can get to the next job. i think um, students think a little too short uh sided when they they think about like you know that you know their careers in some ways.
0: Yeah, no, no i'm not no you're not telling them don't take the money. you're just saying no, no. saying don't make that the only consideration. Yeah,
1: it can't be the only consideration. i mean uh, if it's not You got to get something out of that job, either technical, more technical skill. I mean, there's got to be something that you not just the money, but but thinking about your portfolio is one of the most important things. It's the only way you can sustain a career and get the next job is that you're Mm -hmm. doing work. You have a portfolio that's constantly growing and, and,
2: and creative.
1: I mean, you're a teacher too. I mean, what do they yeah. say as well? I, I think. Well, what, which is, where where are you guys yeah. teaching at? What are what the universities? We and both
2: schools? teach at Rutgers University. I, I'm the an, Camden campus. Yeah, yeah. I'm a part-time lecturer there, and Alan is a full-time uh, yeah. professor there. Okay. so I think like students now too. Uh, I've been seeing it for the past couple of years, especially when we get resumes in the studio and we see students. They they start branding themselves when they have no brand, like, behind them. Like, they think, like, I'm going to make a logo and slap that real big on top of my resume. And it's kind of sometimes right away, like, tells you who they are when maybe they shouldn't be telling you who they are. You know, (laughs) like, let the typography speak for itself. Let the hierarchy kind of tell the story and show your typographic skills. And, like, I think a lot of them are, like, get caught up in making a cool little like illustration on their resume that like is beaming you know
1: (laughs) yeah I'm far more interested that I can see a kid's way of thinking about stuff the other question I always get is uh, what should be in my portfolio what should how should I make a portfolio and I think that's an interesting question now I mean when we interview students I mean or, or potential designers I mean portfolios can be kind of anything yeah. now right I mean from the iPad to physical work yeah. to the but for me I, I tell students all the time it's a design problem yeah. you should show me that you thought about your portfolio like a design problem that you thought about audience you thought about like how it's going to be presented you you've kind of put yourself in the scenario of the interview and how you're going to display the work like that's you know, I, I mean, that's the other piece of advice that I give them. Don't make a portfolio just because you saw the other person do that, do whatever. But think about it as a design problem that has a specific audience, that's a specific use, you know? Yeah, I mean, my audience is Alan, so I'm going <laughs> to read-paste every piece I've ever done yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To, about a, to about a foot thick, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to carve – my logo into it and send to that. It, yeah, there you, you go, You won't be man. able to see any one piece, but I, I've solved my problem. There, there you go. go. I, I, I he would like probably that. rip around. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Rip away it. He'd come back and, <laughs> better and I'd be like, yeah, I guess I, yeah. guess I did that one wrong. Yeah. And yeah. I'm
1: also attracted to students that aren't attracted to design. Like, most of the studio, like, the kids we get, interns in the studio, I love, you know, people that fall into design, but we're like, you know, like psychology, the more yeah, psych- biology, biology, biology major or majors. Something. They
2: bring an interesting perspective yeah, to design. Per- yeah,
1: that we don't think about. And I kind of like that. A lot of, We've had fine artists. Um, we've had a psychology major, a business major. I mean, anyone that like has other interests in design to me is, is actually far more interesting than yeah. one who's like obsessed with designers.
0: Yeah, if you, I mean, you have a team that has that has more than one designer on it. Yeah. So if design projects aren't just the final designed piece, per no, yeah, There's no. a lot of elements that go yeah, into it, okay. copy and all that. So, yeah, yeah. so bringing in someone like that. Make yeah. a lot of sense and be fun, uh-huh. and, and you can you know you can find part you know jobs for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah no,
1: definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, they definitely have to dr- bring some certain skills that are usable. But I mean, the conversations and the perspectives Oh, everyone's really an good. open word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. And there's spell check, you know. So yeah, <laughs> we're, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so someone interesting like that for me is always, you know, we always ask what your outside interest is. Yeah, you know, I think.
2: Another thing, too, is like right now students are asking, should it be presented on an iPad? Should it be on, you know, like a traditional print portfolio? I've interviewed people and I've seen both and I've seen shortcomings with showing it on a tablet because, one, if they're trying to get on your Wi-Fi and they can't, all of a sudden their whole presentation is screwed. The other thing, too, with that, when if they're presenting to a room of eight people and it's on a little... 10-inch screen, really tough to show details uh, of something that's tangible and that you really want to show off the detail in uh, your craft. It's tough to show all that. With a printed portfolio, I can pass out boards or however you want to do it, or a book, and you can pass around and have printed samples. And I think, like, to me, I still fall back to a, a printed portfolio, but I can see the merits and then showing on an electronic device like a tablet.
1: Again, I think it's it's a, a problem-solving. It is. You have to think about where you, what kind of studio yeah, you want if to Yeah, it's an it interactive easier, studio, right? then, I mean, then, then you're not It makes sense. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's always important to kind of revert back to that. You know. Yeah, it is. Uh, Go back
2: to the root problem. Yeah, to the problem.
0: Well, well, we thank you very much for your time. Oh, and is it is. just gdloft.com? Yes. It is.
2: Yeah. gdloft.com. Yeah.
0: GD-loft. All right. Well, we look forward to we look forward to catching you later in the future. But congratulations once again on the big win. Thank, thank you. you. And enjoy the rest it. of the house conference. Oh, we we thanks. will. Thanks. We thank you will. very yeah. much. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Miri is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab. Find out more at myspace.com slash dustlab. Thank <music> you.